What's going on, fishing folks? It's your host, Daryl Bars, at you again with another great episode of On The Hook Podcast. Now, today we have Jeremy Albright. Now, he's one of the development managers for Berkeley Fishing. He controls pretty much everything Berkeley Fishing, new lure related. Um, and today he's going to give us some nuggets of wisdom about what's going on with Berkeley, how they come up with the things they do, and what they have going on in the future, 2019, 2020, as well as what's going on here in 2018. Now, I started to not air this podcast because the audio is a bit sketchy, so bear with me. I do apologize, but there's just too much good information for me not to put this post and make it public. And as always, I have to thank my sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. And this episode is brought to you by Bugs Fishing Lures. Tied like flies, fish like lures, bugs catch fish. Use lures that take the best from the fly fishing world to catch your next big fish. And flat out tungsten, there is no equal. Bass Addiction Gear took everything good about tungsten and made it better. It's also brought to you by Go Fish Cam. See what the fish are doing and become a better angler. The Go Fish Cam is your personal underwater fisheye. Now, without further ado, here is the interview with Jeremy Albright. All right, so to get things started, Jeremy, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure thing. I'm Jeremy Albright. I'm the brand development manager for uh, Berkeley Line and Bait. And, um, you know, I grew up in the outdoors, avid outdoorsman, hunting and fishing predominantly in the West, uh, Montana and Colorado, and, and uh, you know, grew up fishing power bait in uh in mountain lakes you know power bait trout doing things like that and had an opportunity to come and join the company here what 14 months ago and, and absolutely had to jump on that and having the having the time of my life here good yeah and being a brand development man, manage, manager excuse me uh what exactly does your job entail that's a really good question it's a little bit of everything it seems like but our our high level job is to to um to outline the strategic direction for the brand. Um, that includes the product development piece as well as the, the brand and the, the go-to-market strategies associated with the brands across the globe. So it's a pretty all-encompassing kind of a, kind of a role, which is, which is unique. It keeps us on our toes, definitely keeps us abreast of what's going on um, you know, globally as well as what's in our, our own backyard here in, in, the, in North America. So that means you had a complete or a good hand in creating these hard baits that Berkeley just came out with, correct? Absolutely. You, you're known for your, your fishing line, the trialing and, you know, the Havocs mines and the soft plastics, but you know, you now have this hard bait line now. Uh, tell me a bit more about that one. Sure thing. Um, hard baits for us have been quite honestly, a little bit of a mystery. And I say it that way um, because we've had several different lines of hard bait over the years. Um, and they were all very effective. You know, sometimes we, we have winning go-to-market strategies. Sometimes we fail in, in different things. And, and uh, this go-around, we partnered with um, David Fritz, who is a, uh, a long-standing FLW and BASS pro and is probably known as one of the, the all-time greatest crankbait fishermen, uh, especially in bass fishing. And so, you know, he had some really good ideas on, on how to do th- – on what crankbait should be. Uh, specifically one like the dredger, for example. Um, he has some really good ideas on how to take a, a smaller bait profile and get it deeper, faster, um, to where we could kind of outpace the competition. So in working with him, he really kind of educated us in some new ways on what hard baits do from a not only like a diving depth and dive curves and things of that nature, but also in action and how they wobble in the water to the sounds that they make in the water and the different kinds of rattles um, and what they do. 
so he brought kind of an f- English perspective into that. And then we were able to back that up with technology and bring the technology to validate some of those things. So, for example, um, a frequency of a bait or a wobble of a bait in the action, we can quantify that scientifically and say X, X bait or a dredger at 25 feet is running. It, it has a, a frequency of 60 hertz. Let's just pick a number. I don't know if that's the exact number, but we can use that science to back up what David's hunting for, so to speak. And if you want something a little bit less or a little bit more, we can easily measure those kinds of things and bring it back into the development cycle uh, from a scientific standpoint. The other thing that was really interesting with David specifically is as he was coming on board with us, we were expanding our rapid prototype capabilities. So if you think about, you know, traditional hard baits, and it's not just specific to Berkeley, a lot of guys or a lot of companies even kind of start with some kind of a, a hard prototype and that could be literally whittled out of wood or carved out of plastic or machined uh, out of plastic. And that kind of cycle takes a long time and used to take us, you know, several weeks to uh, over a month to to create one bait. We've even grown our 3d printing uh, prototype capabilities to where, you know, with David in the building, he can sketch something we can draw in our 3d modeling software. And two hours later, we're swimming a bait in the lake you know, full up with hooks in the whole nine yards. And so we've been able to take that development cycle and shrink it greatly. So really with David, it was a kind of a whole encompassing program. That was a really long-winded answer to say we were able to shrink our design time. He brought some really good ideas. And we were back, able to back it up with science and technology to help these baits actually get and do what they need to be doing to catch more fish. And, and that's very interesting. I, I think most people, when they go to the store, you know, Bass Pro Shops or uh, their local tackle shop, and they pick out a lure, they're not – thinking about how much time and effort went into actually creating the actual product they just picked up. So from beginning to end, about how long does it take for you to design the lure all the way to this ready to be seen at ICAST or to be put on the shelves at the store? That's a really good question. So the dredger, that's a function of about two and a half to three years of solid development work. Um, Part of that is going through the the prototyping process. and And a lot of that is, field testing and lab evaluation to make sure it actually does what we've set out to get the thing to do. Um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about working with our pros is they're very particular. And David's a very, very particular uh, individual and it was had very hard and fast criteria for, for the dredger, for example. And so it takes a long time to get that just exactly right because we want to put out products that really do live up to what Berkeley stands for about catching more fish. And so if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then we'll delay it for another year to get to the next ICAST, so to speak, so we can make sure that we're putting out the right products for our consumers. Good. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, of course, I don't have your job and I don't, I'm not sitting there doing a whole design process. But who designs the colors and the, the different combination of colors that you put on each bait? Whew, that's another good question. It's a combination of folks, really. So like in, if I go back to the dredge or our current hard baits. David has in his mind some of the colors that he fishes in the tournament trails on a regular basis. Um, we have our market research from a, a, my brand team perspective. We bring it in and say, this is what we think is hot in the market. Um, this, these are the colors that are going to sell to an angler, but also catch fish. Um, and then we have the global perspective on what bass specifically eat you know, across different regions. And then our engineering team or R&D team, they've got some different colors in mind based on the same kind of a thing where they know different colors and different kind of water clarities and temperatures are more attractive to fish than others. So bringing that all together, we'll come up with a, a an inclusive color list. 
Is there ever a time when you look at a lure and you say, I'm going to make it some odd off the wall color that is not on the spectrum of what people usually use? Uh, occasionally we do. Um, certainly, I would say certainly more so like in our walleye baits, our flicker line of baits. Mm-hmm. We have some really off the wall stuff there that are, as a bass angler at heart, they're really non-traditional, look really kind of goofy, if you will. Um, but it really depends on on the, the market segment we're targeting and who that angler is, what they're willing to take and you know not take. So this might be a, a question that's not really a part of everything else, but I love the names of these lures. You have the juke and the war pig and the digger. How do you come up with these names to uh, to put on these lures? Oh, that's that's a lot of those come off of just fishing in the water, mm-hmm. uh, fishing together. Whether it's the brand team out fishing or or you know our brand team as we fish with David and you know some of our pros and different things. But um, a lot of it's just from using it. We say, man, that thing kind of jukes and jives like relative to the juke, and we say, well, hey, juke's a good name. Um, the, the dredger, for example, the thing dives so deep that that bill, when it's scraping across the bottom, it's kind of kind of dredging, if you will. And the digger, same kind of thing. It digs quite quite awesomely. Uh, the war the war pig is another great example. It kind of it has a look and feel on the bait that looks like it's a uh, you know a battleship getting ready to go to war. So it's kind of a that's actually the fun, really really fun part of the process where we, where we get to you know challenge our creative minds and just think of think of oddball names if you will but they really stick to and speak to what the product does now we we talked before we started recording this podcast and you mentioned that you guys are already thinking about 2019 and 2020 or 2020 Mm -hmm. however they want to say it how do you see lures changing as far as how they are now to where they're going to go in the future and that's a fun question you know generically within within the u.s and even partly globally you know, there's some really cool trends right now on very non-traditional baits. Um, you know, we talked, like I said before the before the podcast, about uh, different competitors that have really lifelike look and feel um, baits, looking like little mini rainbow trout, so to speak, or different kind of bats and things like that. So I think as a mark as a market hole, you'll see some of those trends kind of continue. Uh, but in the same time, I think you're going to see some trends start to move back to some of the more retro. Uh, kind of a things um, looking at like, you know, some of the techniques that are common in Japan as some of those products come across to, to the U S or some of the things from Europe that are really kind of retro kind of, if you think about like the, um, uh, the predecessor to the Whopper Plopper as an example, the, the, the big musky lures that are kind of retro, big bulky things. Some of that stuff might start to come back as, you know, it seems like fishing is very cyclical and, you know, everything that kind of goes around comes around, you know, and then I think you'll you'll definitely see some more uh, innovative technologies, whether there's more sound emitting devices introduced into lures or um, different materials to make them more durable or uh, have higher, faster sink rates and things like that. So it's a little bit of a little bit of everything. I think you'll see over the next uh, several years. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very curious about the sound aspect. There's a lot of people adding actual electronics inside these lures now to make them emit different sounds. And you yourself said that, you know, you guys have to, you know, tune it into a certain frequency to get the bass to react to it the way you want to. So that's, that's something that's very interesting that we can see how the, the future of fishing lures is, is trending up that way. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, if you, if you think about it, just the, the technology that goes into creating lures to catch more fish, whether it's a soft plastic or a, or a hard lure, 
you know, I think we're as an industry, we're just now on the tip of the iceberg on really understanding what drives fish. I mean, we have a pretty good feel from a from a taste and a sight perspective and a scent perspective even. But now that whole sound thing, that's that's really interesting. And I think it's really cool. And you'll see some really creative stuff, I think, in the market over the next several years around sound. And you, you were saying earlier before we started recording that at the facilities that you guys test your lures at, you actually have big tanks full of fish. So you test and review these, these lures so you can tweak them out how you want them. Absolutely. Uh, so again, you know, Berkeley, we're all about the science of fishing. We have a full fish uh, research center that's staffed with fish biologists that they, their whole number, the job in life is to, to figure out how to act and think like a fish. And we kind of joke about it, but that's really what they do. And in terms of understanding what, what bass eat or crappie eat or pike or a snook, whatever species we're kind of creating something for, but understanding what they eat, how they eat, when they eat, why they eat, what's attractive to them. If they're predator fish, what makes them strike uh, different things. And so we have uh, in our lab, a, a bunch of different tanks that hold fish that we can test them, you know, from different flavors and scents to even a, a circular racetrack lab or a fish tank rather, where we can drag lures at different speeds and show fish different presentations to understand how they strike, whether we can test actions or speeds or colors or flash or all those different kind of things that make fish strike. And that's actually really interesting to watch and see how, how fish react. Um, and, and that's something that unique that Berkeley brings to the, to the world, I think. Yeah, that would be interesting to watch because you, you never quite know what's going on in the water. If you have a tank of that size and in a, a system of that magnitude, you can actually really learn fish behavior. I think it's something that you guys could probably sell tickets to the and professional anglers to go over your shop and there, test out their own little things to make sure that they learn what, what the bass are doing. You're probably right. I think that's a new market idea for us. I, I will buy a ticket. I'd even give you a little credit on that one. All right, Jeremy, next up, I want to talk to you about the Powerbait Max Sense. But first, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Did that fish commit or did it take a lazy swipe in my lure? Should I speed up my retrieval or slow it down? When you can't see what the bass are doing, these are just a few of the questions you ask yourself, but not anymore. The GoFish Cam ties on between your main line and lure, giving you a fisheye view of what's going on, allowing you to see what the bass are doing and make the necessary adjustments. It's your underwater eyes and your new fish finder. It's the GoFish Cam. Check them out at gofishcam.com slash OTH and use promo code OTH to save 15% off your order. Howdy from Texas. This is Heath Hipple with Bugs Fishing. Bugs are fishing lures that are tied like flies. They're great for sight casting because they land softly, look alive in the water, and imitate what the fish are feeding on. Please visit BugsFishing.com to learn more, and that's Bugs with two Gs. You can also see everything I'm tying on the Bugs Fishing Instagram and Facebook pages. Remember, tied like flies, fish like lures, bugs catch fish. Are you flipping heavy cover? Where it could be a field of dreams or a nightmare without the right tungsten. That's why at Bass Addiction Gear, they created Flat Out Tungsten, the only brand of weights you'll need. There are no paint, four-step, patent-pending process keeps a flat, neutral color, so there is no longer a need for a magic marker or spray paint. And with smooth bore and rifling, you get no cuts or breakage of line. Best of all, they don't inflate prices like the other brands. It's no secret why professional anglers like Jeff Sprague, Brandon McMillan, and Bobby Lane choose Bass Addiction Gear Flat Out Tungsten. There is no equal. 
So you you have something else, uh, the power baits max scent. Can you should you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so power bait max scent is our next generation uh, to the power bait line. Uh, so if you think back in 1988, we introduced power bait as the first um, uh, flavor enhanced soft bait. And of course, it has a very distinct odor when you open the bag. Uh, but what we've done over the last few years is worked on different material uh, technologies and things to try to figure out how to make power bait better. And with Max Scent, we actually have a, a very innovative material that it releases a scent attract into the water. Uh, so as fish are swimming by, they see the action of the bait, they get curious, then they can smell it. And it gets a smell that makes them want to attack and eat the bait. So then they eat it. And of course, then it tastes like power bait to which they hold on, hold on longer, giving you time to set the hook. So uh, again, just kind of taking power bait to the next level. And um, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's really new for us too, in that it's, um, we went, went kind of went back in time and looked straight at nature, looked at different bait fish to give, to come up with that color list. You asked a while back about how we came up with different colors and things like that. And one of the things you'll see with uh, power bait max sin, it's very, very matte looking colors very much more kind of what you would see in nature itself um like shad looks more like a shad color and things of that nature um but it's brand new technology for us and pretty excited about it okay so how does the berkeley uh the power bait max scent how does that differ from uh say berkeley gulp so good good question so gulp it's very very similar from a how it works in terms of you know gulp also releases scent into the water the big difference is in the material. Um, gulp, if you've ever used it, is really good for it's rechargeable in that you can stick it back in the container and it'll uh, kind of shrink and swell and 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 refuse itself, if you will, with the uh, with the liquid attractant. One of its downfalls is if you're making big long boat runs or if you're fishing over multiple occurrences, if it will dry out over time. Powerbait Max does not dry out. Um, so for a bass angler, and this stuff is really kind of specific to bass, you can, you know, keep it, your rod rigged, throw it on your deck, run a, make a good long run of, you know, 70 miles an hour, and this stuff's not going to dry out. Uh, we've worked on it so much that I can fish the same bait, like up to eight weeks as an example, and it still remains soft, pliable, and has a scent releasing technology. And so that's really the biggest difference. It's kind of like gulp, but a little bit different, uh, and that doesn't dry out, but it's more like power bait than, than gulp, if that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, the podcast is called on the hook and I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't put you on the hook for a quick second. So I have a question for you, for you to answer. And the question is, if you had to choose one hard bait and one soft plastic by Berkeley to fish for today, which one would it be and why? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, the hard, the hard bait I would answer with the war pig. Um, ultimately, from a couple of reasons. One is I love the look and feel of the bait. I love, I really enjoy it kind of, like I said, or a while back, it kind of looks like a, a bait that's getting ready to go to war. Uh, I really enjoy fishing it. It's really versatile for me. So I can do, you know, I can rip it along weed edges. I can yo-yo it. I can fish it deep. I can fish it shallow. We've got a good size range from a, a quarter ounce up to three quarter ounce. And I can fish mul- um, for multiple species. Uh, so I'm based here in Spirit Lake, Iowa, and in our lakes here that we get to fish quite often have largemouth, smallmouth, walleye, um, pike. We have some muskie, catfish, uh, all different kinds of panfish. And with the war pig and the size range, I can catch any number of those fish in any given day. Uh, so for that, I really like it. And I've had success 
in different fisheries too. I took it to El Salto this year, caught a bunch, a bunch of fish on it. And I just, at the end, it, as you know, fishing all comes back to confidence. I think I have confidence, more confidence in the war pig just based on my style of fishing than anything. Uh, on the soft bait piece, man, you can't go wrong with a power bait chigger craw, but I would say my new favorite ultimately is the, um, the power bait max scent creature hog. Um, so it's a, it's a creature bait that I use, uh, flipping. I love to flip dogs. That's what I do probably nine times out of 10 fishing wise. And it's an awesome bait to pair with our fusion 19 flipping hooks Has great actions. Got the properties of a power max scent and it just catches, just flat out catches fish. So if I was to only pick two baits, that's what I'd go to war with. Good deal. Yeah. The war pig is, is my favorite as well. Um, I haven't fished with all of the new Berkeley hard baits, but the war pig, I definitely enjoy. So I, I like that a lot. Berkeley is known for the fishing line, the soft plastics, and now the hard baits. But you guys make an array of different products out there. And what are some of the other products you make that people should be paying attention to? Absolutely. We've got uh, two big lines that I'd love to talk about. And um, we've got our, our rods that are we've had for years and years and years. But the last couple of years, we really dove into uh, hooks and terminal tackle and tools. Uh, so we have a new sub-brand called Fusion 19. Um, of which we're bringing out hooks and, and jigs and things of that nature. And our hooks are flat out awesome. Um, they're super, 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 super sticky. And one of the things that's been kind of fun for me with, with our hooks anyways and our pros is watching them interact with our baits that have hooks. So all of our hard baits have Fusion 19 hooks. Uh, of course, we have like EWGs and weighted swim bait hooks and the full range of traditional hooks. But there's been several pros that say that they're actually scared of our hooks because they are so sharp that you got to be really careful and, you know, those kind of things. So that's the hooks are, are pretty phenomenal for us. And then our tools. Um, this year, we launched a new rate range of um, of uh, pliers and cutters. And our Superline cutter is awesome for a ten dollar braid cutter. You can't go wrong. I mean, if you ever fish with braid, you know, it, it's not easy to cut. You pretty much have to have three hands to make it work. And I don't know what our engineers did, but they've made these little pliers or these little um, superline cutters rather that somehow grabs the line, pinches it and cuts it all in one fell swoop. So you can really, really and truly cut a limp braid, which is a, a great thing to have. So um, you'll see us continue to innovate around those kind of categories, but I'm really jacked up about our hooks and tools right now. We're having a lot of fun with those. Jeremy, before we go, tell us where we can learn more about Berkeley Fishing and the new products we have coming out right now. Absolutely. A multitude of places. Check out uh, berkeley-fishing.com. Uh, we've got a, a great site that has a lot of information about our products. And then any of our social media channels, whether it's Facebook, uh, Instagram, or YouTube. YouTube's got a ton of different videos, how-to videos, uh, product videos, and things like that. So there's no shortage of information about Berkeley out there, that's for sure. Well, Jeremy, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciated it. Absolutely my pleasure. Well, guys, thanks for listening to this amazing episode. And thank you again, Jeremy, for coming on and sharing with us your information you have for Berkeley Fishing. Now, 
fishing folks if you can you can listen to the podcast on itunes stitcher if you have an apple or android app that does podcasts just search on the hook it should come up and you could subscribe there also you can find the podcast on youtube and on soundcloud so be sure to check out the fisherman's journal youtube page and on the hook on soundcloud as well until next time guys tight lines and big fish